Welcome to Ponder and Practice, your one-stop shop for all things living both well and long. You deserve to feel comfortable being yourself as soon as possible and for as long as possible. I'm Dr. Katherine Hoffman, a naturopathic physician specializing in mental health with a simultaneous obsession with all things feeling better at 100 years old than you did at 20. If you want to be at your very best, mind, body, and spirit, for all that remains to you of this life, you're in exactly the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Ponder and Practice. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It is, of course, as ever, such a pleasure and an honor to share this time and space with you, so thanks for hanging out. Um, Today, I want to talk about a topic that comes up quite a bit, and it's something that is can be very difficult to deal with or overcome and make sense of um, on your own as you go. And this is this concept of stuffing emotions, quote unquote. And what I mean when I say um, stuffing emotions, I mean ignoring willfully and consciously or unconsciously without... um, on purpose deciding to, but ignoring and suppressing difficult emotions, emotions that are uncomfortable to sit with, that are uncomfortable to acknowledge. Um, yeah, that's what I mean when I talk about stuffing emotions. The image I like to use is that of a closet. Um, and so if you think about a closet that gets really heavy use, um, but only stuff gets put in and put into it, excuse me, nothing gets taken out of it. So day by day by day, like more and more stuff gets put in there. Um, and it just gets filled up, up to the brim. And maybe, you know, you have to start like really shoving on that door to get it closed. Cause there's so much junk in there. And then one day you open it to go grab something and everything just tumbles out on top of you. And you end up like being thrown to the floor and you're just covered with all of this stuff that's been, um, accumulated in that closet. This is sort of what we do to ourselves emotionally when we stuff our emotions instead of acknowledging them, sitting with them, and doing what they call us to do. Uh, The thing about emotions and about, well, no, all emotions, but difficult emotions in particular is that they call us to a much deeper awareness and they call us to take action that can be very, very scary. And so I think part of the fear and the unwillingness to confront emotions like grief, anger, um, jealousy, sadness, loss, whatever it might be, um, the unwillingness to confront these kinds of emotions boils down to the fact that if I acknowledge that, One, that means that something in my life has potentially changed irrevocably, as in the case of a loss. And or two, that means that I'm going to have to take some action, that I'm going to have to say something I don't really want to say, that I'm going to have to do something that I don't think I have the courage or strength to do, as in the case with something like anger. Um, And so being able and willing to acknowledge these kinds of emotions and pay attention to them and give them the time and space that they need and deserve can be very difficult. One, because you've got to sit and it's super uncomfortable (laughs) to sit with these kinds of things. Let me tell you, as someone who who continues to do it and never wants to do it, like it's tough. It feels awful in the moment. 
Um, and then two, dealing with like, okay, well, what's the fallout here? Are there conversations I need to have? Are there habits that need to change? And that can be so, so, so stinking scary. Oh my goodness, let me tell you. You may already know, but my goodness, it takes a lot to to move through all of that and then do the follow-up work. It's like, my gosh, is this is this never ending or what? Um, at any rate, so it makes a lot of sense to me why we would stuff our emotions, why you'd want to ignore that there's a big emotion that's happening, why you'd want to, you know, minimize any anger, you'd want to, you know, get away from sadness, or you would want to ignore the fact that you're jealous of something, or, excuse me, what have you. Totally makes a lot of sense to me. However, the consequence of ignoring these kinds of emotions can be really drastic. Um, And they boil down to physical changes. Um, The body and the mind are not separate. They are not separate, my friend. Um, If you've ever read The Body Keeps the Score by, um, oh, Vander Kolk, I think is his last name, the author. Um, You know, there's a lot of information about there about how our bodies are really wired to hold on to our experiences. And in the case of experiences that have brought us grief, pain, you know, trauma, like your body holds on to that. And so if you are unable or unwilling to sit with those emotions, be present with the emotions that come from that, it's going to show up in your body. It just is. (laughs) Um, It's inescapable. And so this can look all kinds of different ways. I am not saying that if you have a physical condition, it is because of your emotions. I am saying that emotions have a lot to do with a lot of illnesses. Um, And so it's worth paying attention to, especially as a preventive practice. If you're someone who is healthy and wants to stay healthy, but you're stuffing your emotions, you're not going to stay healthy for very long. Um, cause that's, it's going to catch up with you. It just will. Um, I have seen everything from, you know, chronic pain stuff happening for folks to people, you know, unable to get out of bed and feeling exhausted to folks landing themselves in the hospital, um, because they have suppressed their emotions for so long. They have been unwilling to engage with themselves on that level for so long. It shows up. It just does. Um, and that can be very difficult to hear. It can be very difficult to acknowledge and to accept. And in my experience, it is absolutely true. So at any rate, um, (laughs) it behooves you to pay attention to your emotional landscape and to not stuff these things down. Um, so how do you, how do you do this? How do you move through these kinds of emotions and develop the courage to act on them, to do the things that they're calling you to do. Um, The first thing is to really take stock. Sometimes it's not safe to fully acknowledge something that's been going on. Um, There are two circumstances that come to mind in which this might be true. One is, is if you're in an abusive situation where 
you just got to hang on to survive. Um, and in that case, hang on, survive. Um, and as soon as you can, and as delicately as you can, getting out of that situation. Um, and not until all of that is done, is it potentially appropriate to really deal with everything that, um, that came through that and whatever fallout is a consequence of that. The second case where this comes to mind is in, um, in cases of really severe trauma where it feels, um, where rehashing and being present with these kinds of feelings and emotions can really overload your system, can really overload your body and your mind. Um, in that case, I would recommend um, being really gentle and careful and enlisting the support of someone who is qualified to work with um, trauma recovery and sort of reintegration um, of the nervous system and the body after a traumatic event. So these are two cases where like, yes, Stuff your emotions, get through it, um, and do whatever it is that you need to do. Um, and if you are not in one of these two situations, I encourage you to get up close and friendly with yourself. <laughs> um, there's no one right way to do this. And in fact, it can be very difficult to get started because so many of us have been taught that we're not supposed to acknowledge these kinds of emotions. We've been taught, you know, in a customer service world, you're always supposed to be smiling. Um, you're always supposed to be okay. You're always supposed to be joyful. If you are, if you happen to be a woman who doesn't have a smile on her face, like something must be wrong. Um, and so like, gosh, just smile. It's okay. Like life is good. You're so beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it can be difficult to start to dig in and figure out, like, maybe you're unfamiliar with, like, what do I actually feel? Like, what actually are my emotions? Um, it can be really easy just to cognitively overrun anything that comes up. And so a good place to start might be to set an alarm to go off at random intervals throughout your day to key you in to be like, what am I feeling right now, actually? Right? And not glossing over, I should feel X, Y, Z, but like instantaneously, if I think about my emotion right now, what is it? If I feel my emotion right now, what is it? It doesn't mean you have to act on it. it doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. But this can help you to start clue yourself into what is going on with yourself internally. Um, what are those emotional things that are coming up? Um, and you will start to notice when you're trying to get away from them, especially if you practice this on an ongoing basis, you may notice like, oh, I'm really angry right now. No, 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 I don't want to be angry. And so you start to feel that pull or that tension between what's actually happening and what you think, quote unquote, should be happening. Which leads us into the second thing is to start to pay attention to that word should. If you have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you've heard me talk about this word should. It is one that I really think that we absolutely need to toss out of our vocabulary because, or maybe not toss out, but just <laughs> pay really good attention to it. Because if the word should is throwing up, is not throwing up, excuse me, showing up, <laughs> that's a really good sign that something is off that you are trying to bend yourself into the form that the world maybe kind of sort of would like you to fit into as opposed to being 
who you are, as you are, um, and ev with everything that that entails. And so paying attention to, well, I really shouldn't feel this way because like, it's not that big of a deal or this, that, and the other, or like, I really shouldn't be angry about this because I knew what I was getting into when I signed up, or I really shouldn't feel sad about this because so many other people have it worse, right? We rationalize these things to ourselves, but the fact of the matter is that your emotions are your emotions. They're all there for a reason. They're all there to help you navigate life and navigate the world. And it's not until you're able to shift that frame of view from negative emotions are bad and I don't like them into emotions come and go and they give me really good and valid information, right? That's a really important frame shift to be able to make. And it's not until you're able to make that frame shift that you'll really be able to be very adept and nimble, emotionally speaking, and your ability to navigate the world and relationships and all these different things really will skyrocket as you go. Um, but I digress just a little bit. So how do you learn how to do this? First, we talked about keying in, like cueing into yourself and noticing, like, how do I actually feel right now? The second thing being noticing, paying really, really good attention to whenever that word should shows up. A third thing that you can do is journal. Get it out on paper. See it. Um, I recommend doing this either first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. You can also go on your in your day if you have something come up and you have an emotional response that's really strong and surprises you. It's a really good time also to break out your journal and be like, what's happening here? <laughs> what is going on? Um, because if you can get things out on paper... It's a way of externalizing. And externalizing is just kind of a fancier word for saying, like, getting it out of yourself. Being able to see it kind of more like a third person as opposed to being in it so intensely. This way of externalizing something can make emotions a little bit more safe to work with. Because you can start to see and you can start to experience that yes, emotions can come up really strong and they can be like a wave that just carries you away. And at the same time, um, emotions don't have to overwhelm you necessarily. I will say here as a, like a random little caveat that you can skip through if you're not interested in hearing, but um, as I'm talking, it comes to mind that in human design, there are folks who are quote unquote non-emotional and folks who are emotional. Um, and the way that we handle emotions looks different based on your chart and your type. Um, so for someone who is quote unquote emotional, those, these people have emotional states that can be very overwhelming. They have highs and they're not sure why they have lows and they're not sure why, but they're really designed to like ride this emotional wave day in and day out. Whereas folks who are non-emotional tend to take in and amplify the emotions of people around them. Um, everyone has emotions. Everyone has their own feelings and states of being. But it's interesting, I think, that um, just, again, as a caveat here, like knowing your, your human design type and how your system is designed to have and experience its own emotions in addition to how it's designed to interact with the emotions of the folks around you can be really, really helpful. Um, so definitely reach out if that's something you're interested in knowing because it can be so tremendously helpful. 
at any rate, I digress. But coming back to the point, um, journaling is a really good way to help externalize those emotions and help to sort of separate yourself from them a little bit so they're not quite so gripping. Um, <clears throat> this is the same reason why um, something like counseling or therapy can be really helpful is because it gives you an opportunity to talk to someone, a third party who doesn't have any stake um, in whatever is going on for you, but it gives you an opportunity to talk with this person and really externalize it, to hear yourself speak and to have someone mirror back what it sounds like is going on. Um, it can really provide some excellent clarity as you go. The next thing is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. By this I mean to say that a lot of folks will stuff their emotions because they don't want to sit in the grief. They don't want to sit in the sadness. They don't want to sit in the anger. They don't want to experience that discomfort that comes with these kinds of emotions. They don't want to experience the heartbreaking pain, the shattering, you know, big grief is like nothing else in the world because it grips your heart and your soul in a way that is bigger than your body almost um, and it feels different for everyone but I can say in my experience um, moments of big grief it feels like for me my body will shatter <laughs> if I let myself feel everything that's there it feels like you could tap me with a hammer um, very gently and just like everything would shatter and it's tremendous to sit with and it demands full and complete surrender. I know Elizabeth Gilbert talks about grief herself and experiencing um, the the loss, the losses that she has experienced and the fact that when grief shows up, just needing to completely bow to it and completely bend to its will um, and let it sort of have its way with you and run its course. Um, and in my experience, this is really the only way to move through these kinds of big emotions. When you're stuffing an emotion, when you're pretending it doesn't exist, when you're just trying to ignore that it's there, even though it's like, hey, I'm here, um, you know, maybe it's like waving all these neon flags, it has like neon lights going off, and you're just like, no, 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 and you're sort of willfully looking away and ignoring it, um, this is when we start to have a lot of other issues come up. Whereas if you can turn towards it, right, and it can be really scary to start to acknowledge it or sit with it or whatever it is, but if you can just start to turn towards it and say, and, and, and acknowledge to yourself, I'm really sad and this is really scary. That's a really good way to start to move through it. When you're moving through something, when you sit with something, it's not stagnant. There's not tension in that state. The act of stuffing an emotion and pretending it's not there creates tension. It creates tension in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. It creates a state of um, imbalance because, you know, it's like... Ugh. 
I don't know what it's like, but it's like trying to hold up a wall or something and you don't have all the posts that you need. It's very, it's very difficult to do over the long term. Whereas if you, when you start to move through your emotions, there's nothing to hold. There's no, there's no tension to, to try and control things. It's a matter of relaxing, actually. It's a matter of opening up and letting things be such as they are. Um, and so what you can tell the difference between stuffing an emotion or whether or not you're quote-unquote moving through it by the state of tension that you feel. The discomfort of not sitting with an emotion is stress and tension. The discomfort of sitting with an emotion is that emotion. But... In the former state, if you're resisting an emotion or stuffing it, what ends up happening is that you get worn out, your body starts to break down, your mind starts to break down, your emotions get way more out of control because you're in that state of ongoing tension that does not end. It is only when you can surrender and be present and stick with, um, stick with what's there that tension dissolves and then that release occurs and that difficult emotion, that uncomfortable comfortable emotion, even though you think it's going to last forever, if you're actually sitting with it and letting it be, invariably it goes away. And it's almost like magic. You're like, gosh, I was holding this for so long so I didn't want to experience it. And then the actual experience like wasn't that fun, but... Like, it's over. Okay. Wait, like, what just <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. Um, the other thing that happens as you start to learn how to sit with your emotions and let them move is that you end up getting back the full range of emotions. So oftentimes folks who stuff their emotions, they're kind of stuck in, like, this state of tension and, like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay but they don't have access to their full joy. They don't have access to their full curiosity. They don't have access to exuberance or just like happiness or peace or any of these things because what's happening is like they're tamping down the sadness, the grief, the anger, the jealousy, et cetera, et cetera. And so all of the energy is going there, but if you cut off all of the negative stuff, you don't get access to everything else that's there. And so learning to sit with your emotions, yes, it will relieve tension. And also it will get you to a place where you really can experience the full, the full range of emotions in a way that is more fluid, um, where you can start to acknowledge like, yeah, emotions come and go. Like they're not really dangerous. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, I just kind of, you know, ride the wave and pay attention to what's there and sit with it and let it go. And, and there it is. Um, I, I always have this image of my mind. I'm not sure if I will be able to convey it in a way that will make sense to anyone else. But when I talk about emotions moving through us and letting emotions move, the image that comes to mind is that of like a screen. Um, and it's almost like, our, the body turns like into this translucent screen and then emotions just sort of blow through. <laughs> um, they don't hang around. It's just like, okay, coming through. And then it, it goes out the other end. 
when you stuff emotions, you turn that screen into a brick wall. And so an emotion hits and it can't go through and it's meant to go through it. They're not meant to be held. Emotions are meant to move. And so if you're stuffing it, if you're holding it, you're encouraging that emotion to come back again stronger so that it can move. And then it comes back again stronger so it can move. And then it comes back and it comes back. And then in the meantime, all of these other emotions are coming along with it. And so these waves kept getting more and more intense. And so if you keep holding it, if you keep trying to be that brick wall, what ends up happening is that those emotions at some point will be so strong as to break that wall down, which translates into blowing up at someone, physical illness, you know, whatever it might be. Whereas if you can start to remove the bricks yourself one by one and, and, and transform those those small holes, like you don't have to do it all at once, but a little bit at a time, start to transform those solid bricks into places where movement can occur. That's how you can start to let the ease in. Um, and that might be a very odd image, but it's what's in my head. So there you go. <laughs> at any rate, um, I hope that all makes sense. I'm just thinking to make sure that's all I had to say on the subject. Um, it's, it can be very, very difficult to do, and I cannot tell you how worthwhile it is. <clears throat> when it comes to something like bound, oh, I remember I was going to say, this, the last piece of this is that, so say you've done all these other things, right? You've gotten in touch with your own actual emotional landscape, not what should be going on, but what is actually going on for you. You've learned to sit with the emotions and not try to hold them, right? And of course, time, place, and manner is so important. I don't recommend doing this at work, but like making some time on your own to really be present with things or some time with a therapist or a counselor or other licensed professional who can sit with you and help you be present to these things. Right, so you've done that work and been present with your emotions. And then the final thing here <laughs> is, and this doesn't always happen. Some emotions just have to show up and be what they are, and that's fine. Other emotions require some follow-up. They require some additional legwork. Anger, of course, being one of them. The most important one, in my opinion. Um... And again, if you've listened to the podcast, you have heard me talk about anger. It is the, it's such a good emotion. <laughs> it gets such a bad rap, but anger is so critically important. And so an emotion like anger, right? If you can sit with it, if you can sort of be present with it and let it be whatever it is. And then there comes a time when you're like, well, shoots. <laughs> Now I have to do something with this because anger never shows up for no reason. Anger shows up because there's something that is needing attention. There is some area of your life where there is a lack of safety, where there is a lack of um, space for you to be who you are to the fullest extent, right? Anger signals that you are being compromised and it demands that you stop compromising. And that's why anger is scary. And that's why women have been conditioned to ignore their anger. 
because when women compromise, the world is quote unquote calm, right? Things are easier to deal with. A depressed woman is a million times easier to deal with and work with than a woman who is in her rage, who knows she's been compromised, and who is willing to step up and say, uh-uh, no, no more. Absolutely not. Like, we're not doing this this way anymore. I'm going to be who I am. And if you don't like it, you can leave, right? And so a woman in her anger is so phenomenally powerful. Um, yeah, at any rate, I'm just basking in that for a moment. Um, and so it demands action. And this can be scary if you're not accustomed to taking that action. So how do you do that? Well, you start small. And this is also how you start to activate your intuition. If you're someone who's like, well, I don't have any intuition. Like, I'm not an intuitive person, this, that, and the other. Eh, I call BS. Really? <laughs> I think all of us have an intuition. Um, and we've been conditioned to ignore it because intuition is not rational. And so the way being able to sit with your emotions, acknowledge them, let them move, and then say like, okay, well, what needs to come from this? Sometimes the answer is nothing. Sometimes the answer is, I need to talk with this person and tell them that this didn't sit well with me. Or I need to really get to bed on time because I am too tired. And in order to do that, that means I need to cut back on this other commitment that I have. Or this emotion means that, um, you know, I'm tired of being treated poorly at work. And so I need to have a conversation with this coworker, with my boss, with whoever. Or it means that I need to restructure the way that I'm doing business. Or it means that I need to, you know, put time limits on when I'm willing to interact with folks. All kinds of things. So the first step is to cue in to what that is. The second step is to go do that thing. <laughs> and I wish, oh my goodness, my friend, I so wish there was an easy way through this that I could just be like, oh no, you just do this and then it's easy. What I can tell you um, is that the more you practice, the easier it gets. And what I can tell you is that if you are unaccustomed to using your voice, it will feel so uncomfortable at first. And it can be, excuse my language, but pant-shittingly scary <laughs> to start to speak up for yourself and to start to have conversations that need to be had and to start to do some things that you know need to be done. And, 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 what ends up happening is that if you've done all of this back-end work, if you've done all of this legwork um, of being in tune with yourself and being in touch with yourself, letting your emotions be what they are, and then after, this is so important, after that emotion has moved through as it needs to do, You've used, you've picked up on your logic, you've picked up on your intuition and transformed it into your mind and said, okay, this, this translates into this course of action, right? This is what it means to quote unquote, be in alignment is to do all of this and then act accordingly. If you have done this, your actions will more than likely pan out and the relief that comes from these things is palpable. 
So the relief that comes from finally letting yourself say and experience, I am so angry about X, Y, and Z, letting that be in your body, feeling that tension, feeling your face get red, you know, feeling like it, maybe your body gets hot. Maybe you just like feel like you got to move. And so like you go for a run or you feel like you just need to like do some art or you feel whatever it is, right? You do these things, you let your body express that emotion and let it be. And then you come back to yourself and you're like, whew, all right. So now let me go have this conversation I need to have. Then there's an, there's relief in the feeling of the emotion. And then there's even more relief in the having of the conversation, in the doing of the thing, whatever it might be. Um, and so you're, you know that you're on the right track if on the inside, internally, you feel like, oh, yes, yep, mm-hmm, that was good. The outside may or may not be receptive. The people around you may or may not be willing to hear you. They may or may not be willing to engage with you in the way that you are now demanding that they engage with you. And that's okay. It's okay. It's your job to do all of that inner work and then show up in the world and say what you need to say and do what you need to do based on what you know to be true about yourself and your emotional state and the information that that has provided you. It is not your job to manage the emotions of everyone around you, anyone around you. It is not your job. Um, and of course, like I said, time, place, and manner, you know, say you're mad at your boss because of whatever reason and you let your anger be and then you storm into your boss's office and you tell them in essence to, you know, do something untoward to themselves um, or whatever it might be. Not a great idea if you want to keep your job. Um, so maybe don't do that. So you need to temper this with your sense of like, well, what makes sense here? How do I do this with the best of intention? How do I convey my meaning as best I can, right? This is all part of the legwork of doing these things. Um, but if you come at it from a sense of, yeah, I really need to say something here. Um, I really need to do something here. And you've done all of that legwork. It, it can certainly get messy in the short term. Over the long term, however, oh my goodness. <laughs> boy, do things clean up nice. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, you'll find different situations and people start to drop away. Other situations and people start to show up. And it is the closest thing to being able to perform magic in your life that you could possibly do. Um, of course, it's also nothing like being able to like wave a wand and perform magic because you have put in all of the effort. You have done that painstaking work of showing up for your emotional state. You've gotten up close and personal with yourself. You've gotten to know your emotional landscape. And so with all of that already done, the outer, the outer world shifts in accordance with that. Um, and so those are the changes that start to happen. But it starts on the inside. It starts internally. Um, at any rate, um, man, this is really important work for for being human, let's be honest. Um, if you're thinking about setting boundaries, if you're thinking about longevity, oh my goodness, so important. 
so important, critically important for both of these things um, to be able to set artful boundaries to first understand like, oh no, this is where I'm at. So important <laughs> because it's not until you know where you're at that you can then go and tell anyone else, right? You have to know first before you can convey that information externally. In terms of longevity, like I said, stuffing emotions can make you sick, literally. <laughs> and, you know, whether it looks like ending up in the hospital because, you know, you're having chest pains because you've been stuffing everything down and ignoring what's there, or if it's, you know, ending up not being able to get out of bed for 20 hours a day and having depression because you're not willing to look at these things and sit with them and be present with them. Um, or being stuck in the bathroom because, you know, your your emotions have gotten away from you and IBS is kicking up, right? This looks all kinds of ways for all kinds of people, um, which I do not say to blame or to say, like, it's your fault if you're sick. Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. What I am doing is helping make a connection between emotions and physical health, which there absolutely is, 100%. Um... Anyway, I have complete love and complete support for you wherever you are. Um, you're a phenomenal person, and honest to God, it is really challenging to be human. It is rough stuff. So rough. <laughs> very difficult, very challenging. And so I really do, I applaud you and my hat's off to you for continuing to show up, for continuing to you know, wake up every morning and sort of get yourself together and have the grit that you need to have to make your life happen. You're doing so well. Um, and so I really, if no one else is able to tell you and if you're not able to tell yourself, you're doing really well. And the amount of grit and grace that you have um, is phenomenal. And so I encourage you to, to hang on there and keep moving forward. And as you do, I invite you to continue to do some self-exploration and to learn how to sit with your emotions day by day and to acknowledge them and to then act accordingly in a way that is most aligned for you, which only you know. And it's going to look different for you than it does for anyone else. And that's really the beauty of the whole thing after all. All right, my friends. Well, take care. And until next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Every week I say it is both a pleasure and an honor to have you here and to share this time and space with you. And every week I mean it just the same, truly, from the bottom of my heart. This podcast has grown to a place where I never thought it would when I started it in 2019. And it's only because of you. It's because you're here. It's because you listen. It's because you keep showing up. Um, and I'm so grateful to you for that because I have so much fun doing the podcast. And to know that it has an impact means the world to me. To that end, I have a little bit of a favor to ask you. If you have just a minute or two, if you could take that time and leave us a review and a rating, that helps other people find the show. It helps other folks to know that this content is valuable and helps to further our impact and help us grow um, even more. So with that, I say thank you and until next time. Mm -hmm.